That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's the big giveaway. Gather around your devices and listen to Vintage Burn. Yes, it's the big giveaway. Gather around. Yes. Yes. <laughs> this is episode two of Vintage Burn. I'm Kev. Marco. And Doug. We are reviewing Halloween 2018. We got to see this movie on opening night, uh, October 19th. Unfortunately, I'm a dumbass, and I lost the data that we recorded for the podcast, so here we are, uh, over a month later, re-recording our thoughts in review of Halloween 2018. To the best of my memory. To the best of Marco's memory. I, I've been able to see it twice. Doug, did you see it twice? I, I saw it the one time, and then I've, oh, okay. I've done a lot of kind of side reviews and reactions just yeah. to, you know reiterate what i saw uh, my wife and i went to see it on halloween night which was awesome there's only like nine people in the theater because uh it's conquered so <laughs> we didn't have to worry actually it was cool we were we were going i was going in the theater to get my tickets and there was a dude um behind me dressed as michael myers and a dude dressed as uh jason Voorhees, full, full attire masks and everything um and then some manager came out in like a fucking cow outfit, like he was like, "Yeah, I'm sorry, you can't uh, you can't bring your masks in the theater for fear of um, you know terrorism and everything that's going on." So how could you take a, How could how could they honestly take a cow fucking seriously? It's like this cow's telling me I can't wear a mask. Oh, I didn't. I just enjoyed the whole scenario because you had these guys and they're like, "Oh, come on, you know they're in their full attire and they're like upset." Uh, so they actually would have sat through the whole movie with a mask on. <laughs> Who knows? It was That's great. dedication. I, yeah, I get it. I thought it was cool. I mean, I wish they would have just let them in with their stuff, but whatever. Yeah, we live in different times. Um, so yeah, we're going to go over Halloween 2018. The good thing is we've actually had a month to let it settle. You know, there were a lot of reviews out um, immediate, immediately after the release of the movie. And um, you got a lot of mixed reviews. People saying they loved it. People saying uh, that it wasn't what they expected and whatever. So... We've had a month to at least let it settle, and we're going to give you our honest opinions. I, I think it was great. Was it better than the original Halloween in 1978? No, of course not, um, and I wouldn't expect it to be. I didn't want it to be original, but I thought um, for a slasher movie in 2018, it, it, it was well represented. Uh, they did their best at bringing some elements from the entire series into this. John Carpenter's score was amazing. And uh, great character development, great storyline, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, I agree. I, I uh, you know, I thought the movie was uh, pretty well done. Uh, the only thing I kind of missed uh, was from, you know, I wish it went more along the lines of the first movie where, you know, with the camera angles and stuff. And I think they did a little bit of it, but I think it was just like, you know, Michael Myers just killing people at like full blast. I mean, what, what did the first movie have? Like maybe five murders, something like that anyway. This right, one yeah. had like fourteen or sixteen. Yeah, yeah, he was and, just out for fucking. Yeah, I mean, and but but like it. it wasn't like he was doing his typical you know lurking in the background type thing, and and that's the the one thing I missed. But overall, I thought it was a really good movie. I think you know if I, 
you know, I had to rank. It's probably the third best movie in the series, in my opinion. After thinking about it for about a month, um, you know, Halloween three obviously <laughs> takes well, the cake, Douglas. Of course it does. Yeah, I but mean, I, the dude's been pent up in in a sanitarium for forty years. Of course, he's just gonna go get right to business and just start fucking killing everybody. Absolutely, and I miss Buster Rhymes. I wish Buster Rhymes was in it. <sighs> yeah. But hey, it's all right. That's fake news. Yeah, it fake is. News. Yeah, I'm, fake just, news. I'm just fine. <laughs> but yeah, overall, I liked it. Uh, but that's all I really got on that part. At, at first, when I first saw it, and you can ask Kevin, he can vouch for this, I was so overwhelmed that I, I, there was so much going on, and I was trying to pick up the Easter eggs and trying to get this new plot and see like the the correlations. But once, even even hours after I saw it, at first I wasn't sure how I felt, and then even hours, and now like a month later, like I. I actually think it was done very well. Mm-hmm. Just the way um, there's a lot of twists, there's a lot of like role reversal, there's a lot of Easter eggs. There's just a lot going on. It's one of those movies I wish I saw. You need to see it more than once, and I wish I had seen it one more time before this. But I think me too. It it, it just yeah. It at first there's so much going on you don't absorb it all yet, and then you did walk out of the theater totally perplexed. You were like, I peed. I don't know. You were feeding what me to fucking think. pocket beers. <laughs> yeah, I I didn't watch it with them. I watched it like. The, the uh, night before. He was that guy in the back of the theater in a trench coat, like, yeah. <laughs> by himself in the... Were you? Yeah. Who, me? Were you wearing pants, at least? I, hey, under the trench my coat? Bo- my buddy Pete... Were you Donald Duck can, in it? ...can tell you. I went with him. Are you pointing at the... Oh, you were pointing at the microphone. You're like, I my am. buddy Pete. But I'm letting Pete know that I'm giving him... All right, Pete, we want uh, verification. Please <laughs> yeah, email us. Please email us at vintageburnpodcast at gmail.com yeah, for verification. We need that. Were you the night of fucking... Uh, October eighteenth. Yeah. Uh, so I honestly, I think we we could we could just give you a breakdown of a uh, synopsis of the movie. There's no point. The movie was a total homage to I don't know all of the movies. Uh, At least the first six or seven. Anyway. Yeah, it was an homage. There was a scene was no white from ponies. almost every movie. There were no white ponies from <laughs> the white zombie mess. White zombie. White zombie. Rob zombie mess. Rob zombie, yeah. Uh, same thing, right? White zombie, Rob zombie. Speaking of which, White and, zombie's better though. And anyway. um, how many zombies could Rob zombie rob if Rob zombie could rob zombies? I just want you guys to let that sink in for a minute. Continue. No, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm gonna say a thousand because of House of the Thousand Corpses. <laughs> at, at least a, at minimum a thousand. Uh, yeah. So I mean, it, we, yeah. Obviously, it's a continuation of the first one. It's 40 years later. Jamie Lee Curtis uh, is a total badass in this. There's a flip in the rules um, as far as who's stalking who or who's chasing who. And, and I think that's what we want to get into. You know, you have um, a great cast. You have Judy Greer and Jamie Lee Curtis who really stand out. Um, there are a couple other actors, actresses, new, new upcomers, which I liked, the younger cast. I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. And we, we don't have the Wikipedia to kind of give you guys the breakdown. But um, I, I think that's the two solid female actresses in this movie stand out. Um, yeah, you have an appearance from uh, the original Michael Myers, Nick Castle, but he's in one scene. So it's not even really about him. Um, James Jude Corey, I hope I'm not screwing that up. I, yeah. think, I think that's right. He does a phenomenal job at picking up where Nick Castle and a couple of the other guys from the original um, stood does a really great job at movement and placement for Michael. I love the fact that we really, like, half of this movie get an old Michael Myers. He's aged, uh, no mask, you know, he's got white hair, white beard. You see the uh, you see the deformity in the eye from where he took 
the hanger in the eye in the original movie. And the sewing. The puncture, the yeah. The needle puncture in the neck. In the neck. I'm so glad they so kind of cool. add, added those little, like, uh, you know, little things to kind of... Absolutely, to, yeah. To match the original. Right from the original. And so, I mean, that's really the premise of the movie is that there's a turn in who's hunting who, you know? Um, Jamie Lee Curtis has, has been going nuts for 40 years saying he's going to get out, he's going to get out. We need to... Um, be aware of that we need to make sure that when he gets out that we're prepared and everyone thinks she's crazy she's ruined her family she's been divorced twice it, it, i mean she's she's a mess and i and i love that but overall it's it's really going to be the hunter the becomes hunted the becomes the hunter yeah yeah no the hunter becomes the, oh yeah i know that's the hunted Did I say wrong? the hunted <laughs> the prey becomes the hunter we're fucking that up the hunter, it doesn't matter the hunter becomes the hunted Something like that. Yeah, the prey. The hunter the becomes prey. the prey. The hunter that, becomes the prey. Yeah. That's the exact quote, though, from the movie. Is the hunter becomes the prey. The hunter becomes the prey. I forget. Was that Loomis that said that? Doug's good with you wavering, mean... wandering words. <laughs> you mean you mean new Loomis? Yes. No, 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 no. But it was a new Loomis because at the beginning there was that part where Loomis oh. is talking, right? Isn't that where it said? See, like I, I'm terrible. I got a terrible memory. I'll be honest. <laughs> I'll be honest. I got a terrible memory. I remember most of the Marco's movie. not wearing pants right now. Yeah, it's, I, it's, I, it's, you wish. <laughs> remember to wear pants next time. <laughs> yeah, Your but balls be, might flop out anyway. Uh, well, I'm okay with that. Basically, though, I mean, there's a lot of Easter eggs. I think that's the main point. For those of you who are excited about that, trying to figure those things out as you're watching the film. Um, with Halloween one, you definitely you can see the granddaughter. The granddaughter's checking out. Um, you know, she's in the classroom, she's looking out the window, she's holding a red pen, and she can see... Dude, you just got that shit all <laughs> over me. Oh my god. You're welcome. Uh, uh, she's looking out the window with her red pen, just like Jamie Lee Curtis did in the original, uh, except instead of seeing Michael Myers, she sees her grandmother creepily waiting outside of the school. Which, which is awesome. I think it adds yeah, that it's great. Co- comic relief you need, kind of. In such but a- she, she doesn't disappear. Like Michael Myers does, right? Exactly. There's also <laughs> the sight. there's the hat um, in Laurie Strode's home. There's the hat in the wall that is the exact hat that Laurie had in her bedroom at the Strode residence back in '78. Who kept that shit for forty years? Is what I'm wondering. I know it's crazy that they put that on there, but I think that was supposed to be um, a sign of what she had left of her innocence. Yeah, I can take that away from it. I guess. I mean. I, I can see there's the significance in that. Is that it's a piece of her that is still left over, the old Laurie that's left. Yeah, because she's very wholesome, very yep. very white, very, you know, like even with the white flowing curtains and everything. Yep. It was, it was kind of like innocent. Her, her, innocent. Her, her, yeah, wholesome all innocence. All her innocence yeah. as a teenager, and that's like all she has left is a fucking hat on a wall, I guess. And, and I believe, isn't there a dollhouse that's like the exact replica of the Myers house in that scene? I'm glad you brought that up. Uh just doing some research, they could not get the original Myers residence because it's been turned into a uh, a business office for multiple businesses. But People still visit it. You can still visit the office. Um, but they couldn't get it back for the movie. So instead of trying to re- replicate the house, they decided to just at least do an homage and they threw it in there in a small dollhouse version. Yes, okay. Which we also see burning, which yes. was... The house burns down. That's supposed to be um, symbolic for a new beginning or the end of something. 
I, we obviously know it's been a month. We know that they're going to make a new fucking Halloween. They've yeah, made too much money. It's like, They'd be stupid not to with the fucking box office sales. They did, they did well. They did very well. Is it the highest grossing uh, horror movie of all time now? Um, have you heard that? I have no idea. That's a good okay. question. I'll, if you guys talk about yeah, yourself, that I'll No, is, I, I'd love to know if it's... I'm, I thought it was one of the highest or the highest grossing uh, horror movie of all time. I, I know the, the original held the title for a long time for like most you know biggest grossing independent film back yeah. in you know back in 78 i mean what is the highest grossing film uh, horror film of all time i would think it'd be like something of the scream series or something like that i, I don't even know i have no idea point, yeah well, i have no hopefully idea it's not one of the shitty new movies that's a fit, uh, the ring it's the gonna ring, be yeah. it's gonna be heritage or it comes at night <laughs> these awful movies it comes at night was a horror movie oh it was terrible yeah and it got high ratings on fucking <laughs> Oh, you sick fuck! Yeah, <laughs> you do Marco, the, I can't believe nobody caught. Marco did you watch the porn night. version? He did. He's like, <laughs> Lauren, let me tell you. Let me tell you about it. Comes at night, right after I tell you about that. What was it? What did you tell? We're talking about Deep Throat. We're talking about like the seventies American throat. culture, and Deep Throat was huge. And everybody watched the documentary. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> it's actually pretty interesting. <laughs> it's good. It was an HBO documentary. He's, Calm down. Marco's not getting paid by. <laughs> Deep throat. Um, let's see. Well, so, so from Halloween, one. What else? Oh, uh, in the movie Jamie Lee Curtis's house, there's an exact replica of the room with the um, with the closet, the closet scene, yeah. from the original movie in '78. Yeah, and the porch. Where the hanger goes in the eye. You know, just just like in, there's a scene where you know Michael and her have a fight, and he knocks her off the porch, right. and that's the exact scene from Halloween One. And so she also she also disappears. Which, she disappears. Which he disappears. So. Which is great because he kind of looks out the window and he's like, "Fuck." I mean, it, it, it is. There are some great uh, funny moments in the movie. Um, there's a there's an Easter egg for Halloween Two. I would say the end of the movie, you got the whole burning scene, kind of like at Halloween Two. Um, there's a man and woman, uh, a, a father and mother who leave the babysitter with their son and they're dressed as a doctor and nurse, obviously taken from the hospital scenes of part two. Yeah, that was pretty much the premise of two was just kill slutty nurses. Yeah. You know? And, and I'm, I'm actually okay with that. And drown somebody in a, in a, what was it, a whirlpool? Yeah, that was a slutty nurse. A whirlpool yeah. They drowned in the, in the uh, rehabilitation hot tub water, yeah. where her face comes up uh, melted and his yeah. hand is perfect. <laughs> and his fine. hand is perfect and has nothing, yeah. <laughs> Which was a, we talked about in the first podcast, so I, I probably shouldn't have brought it Whatever. That's all right. That's all right. Let's do it. I um. There's also the uh the scene where he goes in the house and grabs the knife off of the ham table where that woman, yeah. the old lady, yeah. had. That's exactly from Halloween yeah. too, except he bludgeons the fuck out of her in this one. Like, yeah, yeah. Here, yeah. Well, he, that's the thing. He bludgeons the fuck out of everybody in this but movie. It's 2018. We expect right, that. Right, right. There's a little right. more carnage, but it's not over the top carnage. But like for me, like I just love the beauty of the first movie, man. I like that. Like that. It wasn't like over the top. It, yeah. But don't get me wrong. Like I said, I did like this movie, but it wasn't over the top. Like in the best part, I'm glad you said that. That's going to segue into our third podcast, which we are going to do for December, which is going to be Black Christmas, which came out in '74 before Halloween in '78, and that was the best part. Oh, hold my tongue. There's so many things. Yeah, I can't, hold, I can't wait. Hold, for, I can't yeah. wait for the Black Bite Christmas. Bite your tongue. We'll yeah. record that soon. That was great, though, as far as holding back in the time period and not having everything over over the top. Right. Yeah. It's right. And it's that's what I, that personally, that's what I like. And I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no. I, I was gonna say. I'm just. Re, you know, it's it's cool. You can have this psychological thriller. Right. That's not incredibly gory. It doesn't right. need the. It doesn't need more. it. It it's like it gives it. you the the between the you know the musical tones and just like the imagery. It just right. kind of gives you the 
illusion of gore. You can imagine your head, you know, can it, it puts it in your head already. Right. And for me, that's that's like the type of stuff I like. That's why I like Halloween One will always be my favorite horror movie. I don't think there'll be every anything that will ever top it because I just love the way it is done. But uh, what's the highest grossing film? You got it. Um, well, I looked. This is a very quick um, uh, safari search, but it supposedly 2017. Okay, that makes uh, sense. Yeah, Hereditary, the, the Sixth Sense. Okay, that makes sense. Exorcist, yeah. 1973. But then again, you know, 1973 dollars versus yeah. But what does it what does it say about Halloween 2018? No, I'm sure that's the price oh, for inflation. Uh, yeah, you know, they include infl- infl- they usually do <laughs> inflammation. <laughs> <laughs> they usually do in those. Um, is Halloween 2018 at this point? It doesn't doesn't say. I'll get back to that. Maybe maybe, yeah, maybe, no, maybe we'll you, get this information. You for look the that up. Right, back to Easter up. eggs. So uh, Halloween three, obviously the mask. You yeah. get the three kids. It was get, spotted twice in the movie. Yeah, you get the witch, the pumpkin, and the skull. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, which has been more Easter eggs for Halloween three. The whole movie should have been. We should just redo I mean, Halloween. And, and the thing is, there might be another one. We just we should have had a Tom it. Atkins cameo. He should have been like the chief of police or something. Fuck your Doctor Love. You talking about Doctor Love? Oh, he would have been. He would have been great. Yeah, if he would have been great. So you're gonna hear references. Marco calls him Doctor Love. I call him uh, Geppetto. It's actually Doctor Sartain or New Loomis. Doctor Sartain is supposedly the um, new doctor that took care of Michael immediately after the exit of Loomis. Loomis passed. Uh, Sartain took on ownership of Michael for treatment in the hospital. Uh, Sartain also uh, learned his skills under Loomis under Loomis yes under Loomis's supervision except Sartain becomes extremely infatuated with uh Michael so I think I I think um maybe before we go into more easter eggs that the whole point of Sartain I think that is the biggest controversy in this movie people you love him you hate him you don't understand why he's there you don't understand the things he does spoiler alert here if you haven't seen the movie I wouldn't go any further but if you have great um without without him it it, it kind of you wouldn't he, have known where it could go he's yeah. he's, he's the one that kind of he makes, is the screw yeah he's the twist he's the twist yeah, and the screw yeah, that yeah. kind of makes it all he gets michael out he helps michael out of the bus uh he he's the one who ends up you know killing the cop and wants to feel what it's like to be a killer through michael's eyes and I and I think and I get it the point where he puts so, Michael's mask on sounds like a cannibal corpse song. yeah <laughs> through the eyes of the dead nice um can I just bring up one thing real quick um there's a lot of I, I heard another kind of um con- not conspiracy theory but another theory that Laurie Strode there's a scene where like she's like drinking nips hauling ass in her truck and it kind of cuts out a lot of people are saying that maybe she drove the bus off the road and kind of helped um okay that's a that's a great point. Yeah, the original screenplay, the yeah. when, when they did the original screen test, they had to go back and rewrite something. So they said they did the original screen test, and the crowd gave them the feedback, said it was they didn't like how it had played out. The synopsis is the point where Laurie's losing her shit when the bus is leaving the facility. Mm-hmm. She was the one that let Michael out. That is, that is apparently, like you're saying, um, the rumor out there is that that's exactly what happened. She lost her shit. She overdrank. There's a lot of scenes in this where you talk about her alcoholism, or she drinks too much, or she see. So they could only go back and they could only go back and fix certain things in the movie. The yeah, movie's the, already done without right? almost starting over. Exactly. You know? The budget was like, all right, we got to fix shit. Let's do this. 
it's possible that that's what happened. She was so paranoid about him transferring that she caused the accident, which led to him being loose. Because she does say throughout the movie how I've prayed every night that he you know, that he escapes that he so, I can, escapes so I can kill so, myself. So it gives you that kind of like is it, you know, is it like a, a mixture of new Loomis, exactly, Sartain? and um, and you also get a lot of the uh, the sheriff says too. The sheriff's like, hey, you know what? I can't believe you would say that. I don't know why you said that. I don't know why you did this. I don't know why. Yeah, you why did would that. you do that? Why would you do that? Why would you do that? So a lot of people think that that was the original premise was the it was going to be okay. Laurie lets him out by accident. Okay, maybe they threw Sartain in there because of that. I, I appreciated the small. We we kind of needed a new Loomis. That's the whole point. Michael and Loomis were one and the same. It was great. You had, you know, he helped kind of enhance Michael Myers in the original. That, that Loomis's character helped enhance that movie as a whole. He he was part of Michael Myers. I think that Sartain, we get some of that, except it's the reverse. Instead of Loomis knowing that he's dangerous, Sartain wants to be part of that danger. He wants to relive that. That's the whole point. And then Lori, I feel almost Lori becomes Loomis. Loomis in a way, right. And that's why like, I thought it was kind of funny when she's like, who are you, new Loomis? It's yeah. kind of like, because I think I feel that in the movie, she's the new Loomis. Yeah. And he's kind of like this, like... Supposed to be Loomis, or Sartain's supposed to be the new Loomis, and he kind of just runs another way with it. Yeah, and it's very easily it's very easy to get obsessed with something like that, you know. I agree, and I kind of like that aspect because it's there, there's so many people. You think of these people that uh, research serial killers for years and years, and they almost try to recreate like copycat killings or just like research and become obsessed. So it's kind of an interesting twist with the new Loomis. The twists and turns were good, you know. It's is it perfect? No, but. I think for a slasher movie in 2018, it's better than a lot of the modern-day horror movies that they're doing, especially all of the slow starts where you get an hour and 15 or hour and 20 minutes of a movie that just, okay, great, you get a drama, um, and then all of a sudden there's 20 minutes of horror. It's They're boring. I just I don't care for it. I think, I think it's great. I'm hoping and this revives the slasher genre entirely. With the slow burn kind of movies, it's almost like, why don't you just make a half an hour short? 15 minutes, get into it, and then 15 minutes of fucking yeah. just pure gore. If yeah. that's what you want to do. Don't waste everybody's time for an hour yep. and a half. If it's... Give me a Crypt TV. For, I'd rather just... Give me a Crypt TV quickly. That's yeah. It. Do, that's do, do, a, do like five little movies yeah. and release them as one thing. Like the, yeah, like the Creep shows or the Tales from the Crypt. Yep. Do, do, do little short stories. Don't do one fucking two-hour movie. Agreed. That burns, slow burns for two, you know, an hour and a half, and then gives you a, a half an hour of like, you know, action at the end. Agreed. Don't waste our time. This day and age is so much to learn and read and... You know, it's like it, time. Time is valuable. We're desensitized. We want it in our face. We want. We want a good plot line. I want you want it a now. good script. I want it. And I want it now. Right. Uh, other Easter eggs. Halloween four. We we all agreed on uh, the gas, the gas station, station kills. Yeah, yeah, gas station kills, which also ties into H two O. You know, the gas station bathroom scene with the mom and the daughter. Right. Uh, that leads into the exact same scene with the uh, two podcasts. It's kind of funny they kill podcasts. Goddamn. Don't, fucking look, don't <laughs> yeah, get me started on podcasts. I fucking hate podcasters. They're Fuck gonna, podcasters. The modern-day right. radio station VJs. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Those fuckers. Goddamn podcasts. Yeah, no, but, uh, yeah, that, like, it's funny because I rewatched four, like, very recently, and I'm like, wow, this is definitely a throwback. And I, I get the H2O. I haven't seen H2O in years, but I remember it. Yeah, yep. But, like, with four, I'm like, this is definitely, you know, in that movie because I watched mm-hmm. four and five 
where he's pretty at much Kenny's, directly after Kenny's we watched, gas station. Right. He he still has the the bandage wrap. Honestly, Correct. in yeah. four, yeah. I wish in four they would have just left the fucking bandage wrap because the mask was so bad. Mm. I would have preferred just keeping the <laughs> you bandage. Know, you know what? I didn't think about that, but that's actually kind of true. Yeah. I kind of agree with you it's there. Jack, yeah. it, it looks like Jackie Chan had a facelift. It's, it's awful. Yeah, because Halloween four was like my favorite when I was a little kid. Oh, it's that great. Was always my but favorite. the mask was pure shit. No, you're right. You're right. I Keep actually the bandages, agree. baby. Well, in this one, they they he's not wearing any bandages. Just looks like my father in law. <laughs> trying to get, <laughs> trying to get a my, minus the fucking my, my, minus yeah, the, my, minus the needle point in the neck. Um, uh, the granddaughter holding the knife at the end of the movie. Uh, right, you uh, said that. Can we? Yeah. Um, uh, should we kind of get into like the ending slash possible sequel kind of sequence, or are we still doing Easter eggs? No, let's do let's still do Easter eggs. Yeah. All right. So you you. Had I just want to touch upon that. That's all. I think that's kind of an. You brought up the granddaughter holding the knife. Yes. So, um, we did, uh, so Halloween four, uh, she kind of has this like kind of psychic connection with Michael. Right. And then at the very right. end, she ends up stabbing the mom in the tub and it's very Halloween one ish with like the clown outfit. And, mm-hmm. and, and so, um, I kind of got the vibe that the last scene in the truck, she, they kind of show her breathing heavy and she's grasping that knife that she used to attack Michael. Yeah. And it's very, I don't know if it's foreshadowing or kind of like a throwback or they kind of just kind of have it there for you to kind of like, yep. you know, make make it think, you know. But then they, between the breathing, the knife holding, and you know, she out of all the people, she could have been holding the knife. You know, she's the one holding the knife. And so with all the uh, good point, Halloween Five, I think we the dumb cops from Halloween Five, the quirky cops. You get some of that in this one. You got the cops that are sitting talking about um, sandwiches um, outside of. Laurie Strode's house. That'd be me. So I could I could see the correlation there. Halloween six. A lot of people didn't understand um, the black dude that played the sheriff and when why he was in this movie. He didn't really have a part. He had a couple scenes, but that was about it. And it was his black hat. He was supposed to represent the man in black. The black hat. I think that was it. So I think that's not, not Johnny Cash, right? No, not Johnny Cash. <laughs> the man in black. I always thought he was supposed to be the devil. But the man in black definitely, I, I, I think that's the whole point of his character was supposed to represent. How, they didn't know how to throw Halloween Ooh. Six in there, so I think they well, threw that, in the man in isn't black. Isn't that your throwback to Buster Rhymes? Both my throwback to Buster Rhymes. <laughs> maybe that's a throwback, just having the, the sheriff be a African American. Maybe, maybe, but it could be LL Cool J too. Oh, but I think it's a, th- a throwback to what Curse, right? Isn't it Curse too? Is that Curse? Or is it four and five? It's so just four so and the, five, right? No, four no five. The, the Thorn series. I think we went through this last time. The Thorn <laughs> series is four, and five, and six. Webster. Okay, so Curse is involved in that. Curse is involved. Okay. Yeah, it's four, five, and six is the Thorn series altogether. Uh, and then Resurrection, the only thing from Resurrection, which I don't even know why they even needed to include it, because uh, it was the shittiest Halloween movie ever made, uh, was the bus. There was a bus with some haggard-looking redneck and it had said something about uh, Jesus resurrection church or resurrection. church of resurrection. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so obviously that was an odd to resurrection. I think that was wise. They just did it in writing. So, what do you guys got? Any anything else? Is there any final notes on Halloween twenty eighteen? Uh, well, the kind of towards the end. I mean, throughout the whole movie, there's this um, role reversal that we talked about, and then like you know the the hunter becomes the hunted, and the the monster you know creates another monster, and then. The whole scene at the end where Jamie Lee Curtis or uh, Laurie Strode is hunting Michael Myers, 
in the in the closet with the coat hangers. It's you know it's kind of like that whole end scene of Halloween one is reversed. Right. In this one with uh, with her being the hunter, it's like yep. seeing it's like seeing Halloween one but reversed, and it's kind of an interesting take on it. Absolutely, I think we can all agree at this point. And for those of you who have seen the movie, we're obviously going to get another one. I'm curious to see where they go. I, I think Alice and the Granddaughter is going to be either she's going to become the new killer, she's going to become the new Lori. Okay. There, there's something there. I, th- I think there there was a lot of they they were very meticulous in their foreshadowing um, throughout the movie itself, and then and that very even in that very last powerful say five minutes where they blow them up in the basement like in Halloween two with the fire. Then they show the basement of fire. You don't see yeah, you him don't burning. see him burning. No, and, and then all of a sudden they're in this truck. They don't show who's in the truck or who's driving. But it, you know what? I thought about it after seeing it twice. It's not him. It can't be him because he has no hand. No, they, they would notice if he had. Fucking yeah, there's no way. And... There's just there's just no possible way he would have smelled like smoke. Uh, he would have been bleeding. He would have. There would have been some evident sign that. It was Michael. I mean, there would have been something to give it away. So, it, but he's he's just gone. He, so he's gonna come back. Yeah. You, you think maybe then just like the breathing is kind of like a teaser. He found a way ended. out. He found a way out, and I think obviously, with every house, there's always a way out of a home. Whether it's just there's something that Laurie missed in the house she didn't think of. Well, by Massachusetts code, you need two egresses to get in and out of. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> by code. Massachusetts code. <laughs> Oh my God! Well, good thing we're in fictional Haddonfield, Illinois. That's the, that's good. So, all right. On that note, what we're gonna do is, um, uh, Marco and I went to a show last night. Absolutely. We, we saw Dave Ellison of Megadeth perform. He did kind of a base story uh, tour about his history in the band. And told nothing of it, but hey, it was alright. <laughs> yeah. Or, or stuff that you had already seen on VH1 behind the music. And um, but he had a couple bands with him, and uh, a band that we were getting to know, uh, an, the opening band who uh, has recently in the last year won best metal band in New England. They're up and comers and rising stars in the metal scene, power metal scene. Firstborn. We did an interview with them on the spot at Club Jewel in Manchester, New Hampshire. So we're gonna get to that interview right now. All right, so we're sitting here with Firstborn. They just opened up for Dave Ellison on his solo tour. Dave Ellison from Megadeth, of course. Guys, thank you very much for joining us. How's it going, Kevin? Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have you on. Who are you interviewing? What all fan? of you, man. All Who of you. Who's my fan? I just said you first one. Dude, you're not even Open paying attention to me. I guess yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, get, get the wax out of Van's ear. So, look, I just want to just give us a quick introduction uh, to who you guys are and when you guys started. Sure, this is Van Tangaraj. Uh, he's a bass player <laughs> and he's Indian, so you don't need to say anything, man. You're good. Uh, my name is Mike Kerr. I'm the guitar player. <laughs> he speaks with the broken English. <laughs> then we got. I'm Ian. I sang. I've been in the band you for sang? Like a month. A month? <laughs> Two months. Singer. A few months. months? Yeah. Two months. September 16th was the first gig, so actually, uh, three months now. Right. Yeah, so the band's been around since April 2016. Perfect. That's when we really got together and said, hey, we want to be a band. Quickly about your achievements and such. And Joe, you haven't introduced yourself, yeah. Joe. Do you yeah, play man, the triangle? Do you play the triangle? Well, <laughs> he does. I do play the triangle and cool home. Cajon, whatever you call it. Such a short time, you guys. He plays my Cajon. Got a couple achievements. We have. Which is great, such a short time. Like what? We, we won actually before even uh, Firstborn. Firstborn was formed from uh, the IPMA award on a rock category. We won as a micro group, but we were pretty much Firstborn. We just didn't know it. 
And uh, that got us started. And we've been nominated ever since for a bunch of other awards at, uh, at the Portuguese International Awards. Portuguese Music we, Awards. We didn't yeah. really win any award there. We were nominated a bunch of times yeah. uh, with the instrumental band in with Firstborn. But we won uh, the Metal Act of the Year. Metal yep. slash Hard Rock Act of the Year by the New England Awards. New England Music Awards yep. in September. Yeah. So how would you define your sound, like main influences? Eighties, man, eighties. Guitar-oriented rock. Inve meets Journey meets Iron Maiden. Yeah. yeah. I heard a lot of Inve. Yes. Oh. Yes. Huh? Van Halen, absolutely. Eighties yeah, sound. Yeah. Eighties exactly. man. You know when guitar was fun and people went out to fucking rock out and. Yeah. Just time. so you know, the bass player Ben has Steve Harris pants on. Maybe we'll take a picture and post them. Yeah, I was just gonna. That was gonna be one of my questions. I was gonna say, is it true that Ben's actually gonna be replaced because he won't stop oh wearing his, his Steve Go Harris for pants? It. Go for is it. That, is that true? I, I heard actually, that rumor. Oh, he, he he has been, ben actually has been replaced already because Ian Simpson <laughs> played the bass. <laughs> so uh, it's just a matter Absolutely. of time. We're getting rid of them, and we're gonna be a three-piece. Awesome. <laughs> yes. I can spend some time. My but uh, Ben's gonna be involved actually financing everything, <laughs> paying for all our bills. I love it. So, oh great! So we'll keep him around for a little bit. <laughs> and look, so this is a question for you, Ian. So being new to the band, what do you plan on doing with the sound of the band? How do you plan on using your vocals as an instrument to possibly change or enhance the band? Uh, I kind of just do my thing. Like, I don't really look at it, at it like what I'm gonna do to change it. I'm just gonna. I just interpret the song my way, sing them my way. Like Adrienne was great. Like it's sure, she's a completely different vocalist than I am. So I literally just interpret it my way, and what comes out comes out. Like there's no real thought into like how I'm gonna change the song, what I want to do with it. It's just I I connect with it in a different way. Like I interpret the lyrics in a different way than she does. I'm sure. So yeah, I'm just gonna keep rolling with that until we start writing some new stuff. Yeah, we're having a great time with Dan. So what's uh, like your five-year plan for the band? Like, what do you have in store? Do you plan on working Arenas. Stadiums, arenas. That'd be fantastic. Dive bar, oh, whatever, man. We're we going to do it anywhere. We want to get out there. Except for... Oh, I would love to play a few more strip joints. We're waiting for the music and the money. Are you talking about like the Squire in Cambridge? Oh, Revere, man. dude. Yeah, we'll play anywhere. We're in for the music and the money. Joe is in for the chicks. As a rock star, sure. As a rock star, sure. Bracelets on them, though, like nobody under the age of twelve. <laughs> oh, well, no, no, oh, when he go to Brazil, it's okay, I guess. What? No. What? no. Well, well, my you grandmother know. had my mom when she was 13. She was married when she was. Oh, oh this is going to be a podcast for a different day. <laughs> wow. My grandmother's 13 yeah. years apart from my mom. Wow. Yeah. All right, so our podcast, we we like to combine horror and metal, right? So we like to do a, a review of a horror movie that we watch, and then we talk about uh, some, some various metal uh, that we're listening to currently. So for you guys, can you guys think of your favorite horror movies? Oh, man. This is just horror, one horror movie that stands out in your mind as your favorite. Right. Cycle. Cycle. Okay, Cycle, nice. Okay, interesting fact. This Sunday, we're playing in Amityville, New York. The place of the Amityville Horror. That's awesome. Dude, that That's movie scared cool. the living 
fuck out of me. You guys gotta go check F out the house. Oh my yeah. god, that one. And the Omen. Oh, the Omen's great, well, man. That's one of my favorites. But the original one, right? Not Dude. the remake. Yeah, the no, original. No, the old one. Always yeah. the old one. Any kid that had the name Damien, I'd be like, <laughs> oh my god, there's a kid named Damien? Oh, it freaked the living Me and my wife were addicted to horror movies, so we've seen all the old classics and most of the, the newer stuff. Yeah, well. yeah, I like the older stuff. How about you, Ian? You guys? Uh, the Hills Have Eyes. What about birds? Dude, wait a second. Weren't you in that movie? You look like you were in that movie. Hey, how about you, Joe? What's your favorite horror movie? Showgirls, terrifying, right, Joe? Dude, his last girlfriend. No, Joe's favorite horror movie. You told me the other day, dude, is Child's Play. That's a good one, Chucky. Yeah, Chucky. I think my favorite horror movie is Nemo. Nemo. Wait till you have kids. You're gonna see it every day. Oh, the Frozen is gonna be the worst, right? Frozen. Terrifying. Right, so time of year, right? So I, there's bands you listen to throughout the year, right? But as you get into different seasons, what are some of the albums or some of the artists that you're listening to right now? You get into fall, right? For me, it's like I get once I know it's like late August, early September. I'm like typo negative, Petersfield. I get into okay. the mood for some depressing fucking doom shit. What are you guys getting into right now, currently? Sweet and Lynch. Sweet and Lynch. Okay. Check yeah. that out. Okay. George right. Lynch and Michael Holy Sweet. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah, Michael Sweet. Yeah, that makes. Actually, we as a band saw Bohemian Rhapsody last weekend. So I've been on a Queen kick ever since. Oh my god. It's all I've been listening to is Queen, Queen, Queen. Makes sense why you're dressing this way. It don't make sense now. Thank you. Fred, hey! Yes! You're almost done. I want to break free! I want to break free. Signatures for you guys, right? <laughs> <laughs> Chinago, Bumblefoot here, who's playing tonight. Plays a 
Mike Portnoy, Jeff Scott, yeah, Sword yeah, on Billy yeah. Sheehan on the Sons, Sons of the Hollow. Yeah. 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 This place, like we play, we opened for Michael Sweet uh, a month and a half ago. Today we're opening for Dave. Uh, George been, Lynch back wait, in... Wait, uh, we opened for the Lynch mob back in uh, April. Here, yeah, Lynch mob is still together, huh? Well, well without know. their singer, because oh, okay, you know, okay. it's on and off with Oni. But yeah. Yeah. I knew Lynch was still active, I just had no idea. Yeah. It was, like, it, it's still, it's yeah. still as great as he ever was. Like, Except for the singer, right? Yeah, yeah it's the no, same. That's same the, the, same the, the singer one. that they used last time is singing for Warren, so the guy is really good. Yeah, no, the guy was awesome. Yeah, they were good. What about you guys? What about an next record? Yeah, yeah we're, we're working on it. Yeah. You guys got full-time jobs. It's in the works. You're doing a lot of stuff, but when are we going to get another first board record? Well, I'm I think sure you'll get a single by the end of January. Yeah, I think we're going to have a single out, and then probably by May, June, you'll, you'll have a album well, out. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk more about it in a couple of weeks, months, once we get some things signed up. We're going to have an interesting producer. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a pleasant surprise. Yeah. I like it. Awesome. Yeah. All right, well, hey, I want to thank you guys for being on the Vintage oh, Square yeah. podcast. It's Absolutely. our pleasure, man. Anytime. Wait a sec. Let me ask you, what's your favorite horror movie? It's for coming over Halloween. Halloween. Yeah, absolutely. Really? Yeah. Did, yeah. You, guys, did you guys see the new Halloween? No. You guys Is it, it good? Know. Dude, I couldn't get into Mike yeah. Myers and all that Because, you know, everything after the first one, I didn't like it. And that's fine. This one, you're still not going to like it as much as the original. But, but you'll, you'll it's like good. It. Yeah, it's really? very good. Did yeah, you see the, the Carpenter on board still? Yeah. So, and he, yeah, he was he was still kind of in the shadows. He did the score, so musically, there's a lot of there's actually some parts in there where you've got a guitar with the um, with the cello bow over it, so it's got that. Oh, it's, it's, there's some good huh. scenes with that. Yeah. Did you see the new Texas Chainsaw? Uh, I did. Do you I like still, it? I said, no, I love the original. The new, uh, yeah. It's That's so hard. Hooper, right? Toby Hooper. The old one or the new yeah. one? After no, the old, old, the old one. one. Yeah, yeah. The, the old, old one's just so freaky. The old one is, I mean, Toby Hooper like, created that raw... It's like Psycho, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So the remake is... Huh. It's tough to do a, a remake. I'm not a huge horror movie fan, but anyway, I see it once in a while. Right. Dude, you deal with the Joe, ones so I like. I deal with you. To be honest, he, yeah, all you Brazilians. I'm the same way. I do horror movie. reviews, but he loves dramas. Yeah, yeah, more drama and comedy. He's always talking about Denzel Washington. Yeah, Dude, Equalizer Two was good. Was okay. oh, I loved it. it okay. well, we, can, we can have a discussion about. You like the first one better? The first one was way better. Starline was so much stronger. The second one just seemed very. Have you seen the first one? Of course. And it's funny that when we were recording the last podcast, I brought up the Equalizer. You did bring it. Yeah, you did. I mean, any movie filmed in Boston. Yeah, you can't not love it. But real quick, you asked, you asked me what my favorite is, and uh, and I hate to be like the same as him, but it's it's always been Halloween for me. And, uh, Halloween, yeah, really? man. I just love like the suspense of it. I love like wow. I love, I'm more of a thriller guy. Like I like scary, you know. Yeah, like the, I like when like, like the stopping and uh, the guts and like hardcore. Yeah, no, it's yeah, it's, it's more about the picture, the scene, just the way it's shot. The, yeah, the music. The first time I saw Psycho, I was blown away. Which I thought that the movie was about that blonde movie. lady. I'm like, yeah. this lady's running some cash. So then the next thing is like, her daughter is Jamie Lee Curtis who played in Halloween. What? Yeah, from what? Psycho. Yeah, 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 absolutely. That's Janet Lee's daughter. Jamie Lee Curtis is Janet Lee's daughter. Wow. I had no idea. Jeez. Okay. There you go. There's the connection with both There you go. Wow. Well, again, thank yeah. you guys for being on. Where, where can we find you on social media? What do you guys have? Facebook, www.firstbornband.com. If you go to Instagram, it's firstbornband. If you go to Twitter, it's firstbornband. If you go to Facebook, it's just first, if you type firstborn. Of course, there is B O U R N E. If you type firstborn, we're all over the place. 
Hey guys, we're back. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about, uh, you know, some of our favorite fall into winter metal albums. Um, you know, Doug, I know you're big into this. I know you want to talk about it. I'm, I'm itching to. Go with it. What do you got? <sighs> Fucking Agalock. They're, they're, for me, they're an all-around band, but like something about Agalock, they just do it so well. They, they can take, like, uh, on Pill Folklore, you have Dead Winter Days, you know, it kind of gives you the this very poetic um, uh, just feel of, of, like, the death. You know, I killed myself. She killed herself in the fall, you know, like, just like they, they give Mother Nature, like, this... Wayward wandering words he uses. <laughs> yeah, and Kevin is also big in Agalock, too. I so. am, yeah. Uh, the They're mantle, really style, but... marrow of the earth. Spirit. Spirit. Oh, Marrow of the Spirit? Marrow of the Spirit. Marrow of the Spirit. I guess not. Uh, pale... <laughs> Mark has a rebuttal. Um, yeah, Pale Folklore, like... Um, yeah. Uh, dude, just everything they've done. They're, they're, they're one of the few bands um, that I can say, like, I, I love almost everything they've done. They have a lot of, yes. like, weird demos. Agreed. And EPs, like the Fustarian... I'm pronouncing that wrong. No, no, uh, Faust. Yeah, Faust. It's about Faust, yeah. essentially. Faust. Faust. But like, um, all, all their EPs, the White is amazing EP. Yes. Then you have like the yes. the random two song demos, like um, Tomorrow Will Never Come. Uh, everything they've done, I love. Even the new album, it, it took me a long time to get into. Uh, the Astral Dialogue. Something like that. Yeah. Yes. I have no idea. Yeah. But anyway, Agalock, <laughs> they're my year-round band, especially in the morning. That's, I, 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 I hate to say it, but I, these days, besides classic rock, very little. I don't listen to much besides metal. And so it's like, you got to keep, like when I go to work in the morning and I just want something chill to listen to, it's like Agalock. It's still metal, but it's still mellow. You know what I mean? I, Every I, rainy day, I throw on Agalock. Snowy day, Snowy fall day, day yeah. fall, like. Fall transition into winter yeah. for me yeah, is there. They're just they're they're perfection. I, but it comes for me. It's coming from the fact that I love Opeth, so I get a lot of an Opeth influence, old school Opeth. So their Candlelight Years, uh, their first three records, I can hear the Opeth influence. So I end up listening to Opeth in. I mean, I listen to Opeth all year round, but I tend to lean towards their older material in fall because it's just darker uh it's heavier so fall to winter i definitely listen to a lot of agalock but i also listen to a lot of opeth dude orchid rules yeah listening to orchid listening to more morning rise um uh my yeah, arms your horse yeah. yeah uh everything up to at this point in the year i, I typically listen to everything up to like deliverance and damnation i still love damnation at this point uh, in the year two, but Ying I mean, and Yang, if you are, yeah, if you will, uh, Blackwater Park definitely in November. I always listen to November Dirge. That's a track off of uh, Blackwater Park, but so I get into Opeth and Agalock for the most part. And another a side note, I ended up getting into uh, a little bit of hard rock, but I listen to Led Zeppelin a lot in November. I don't know why November makes me listen to Zeppelin. Do you really it's have a like a, a penchant for Lord of the Rings? Ooh, oh you know it's funny you say that because all those movies were released this time of year when they originally came out so i actually have a and then i always watch the trilogy usually every other winter Mm -hmm. 
That's actually a very good call. That it's a very you know Misty Mountain Hawk, dude. Yeah. The one song though that getting into winter that I absolutely love. No quarter. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, No Quarter is a great song. Snow. Crowbar does a great version of it too, by the way. Crowbar does. Yeah. Snow falls high mm-hmm. and don't you know. We'll yeah, listen to it after cuz we can't for reasons uh trademarks yeah, and whatever yeah, the hell. Yeah, exactly. We can all play it. Probably, but I would love to. Probably going to get sued for just doing that little you can't, metal you can't. <laughs> <laughs> But no one lets up with baby. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. It was in a different tone. He's, he's, he's like the CIA's listening. He's like, "Aha! I got another band. <laughs> we got him. We uh maybe can do like the van- vanilla ice thing and be like, "Those oh, no. podcasters, I knew I could get him." It was in Page a diff- is going to fuck us. It was in a different tone, I swear, you know. You know, for me, uh, when I listen to like you know winter, like a lot of uh, death metal for me, uh, like say like Morbid Angel, Slash, uh, Immolation, Deep Throat, uh, Deep Throat. Deep I <laughs> absolutely love watching in the winter. It makes me happy. <laughs> but Look at anyway, those big, hairy, warm uh, to keep. It. <laughs> I can see that. I can see the correlation. <laughs> but my album that I'm gonna choose for uh, fall to winter, like say transition, would be Immortal at the Heart of Winter. Yeah, um, I think it's just such a great record. It's um, honestly like every song just flows really well together. You know, even like some of the like uh, song titles, like where dark and light don't differ. It's like when daylight savings times happens around here, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you know, like that was good. You I know, like, like I wake up and it's fucking dark. I got out of work and it's fucking dark. Yeah. And it doesn't differ to me because I do nothing. It's all fucking dark. I'm pretty sure that's exactly what that song is about. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. But then they have the song at the heart of winter, years of silent sorrow. I mean, it's very depressing record, but also very like beautifully, like musically Dude, just it, at the done, heart, man. And his voice is, uh, which I agree with you. We talked about this earlier. His voice is just the best on this record. Uh, production's yeah, the best on this record. It flows so well. The vocals, older immortal. If you guys listen to older immortal, he's very sounds like Squidward sometimes from like SpongeBob. It's very like this. And yeah, predominant. And, Correct. But here he almost doesn't. I don't say he sings, but it just it, it goes with the melodies. The melody like they, it goes with the music better. You know, and it just flows so well as a as a good winter fucking album. It does, and uh, dude, like. I don't know, man. Abath is perfect. He's got the black, white face paint. Everything goes good. He looks like a dog. It's, fa- <laughs> it's, like a it's, dog. it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, Sol- Solar Fair. Sol- Solar Fall. Solar Fall. Yeah, Still. yeah. Which is a great song. Man. Yeah, that, that that riff, man, gives me Woody. Oh, every the beginning. Time. Yeah, the beginning of that song. Is and even just even fantastic. that when it when it kicks into the oh yeah, just want to fucking. But honestly, I, I, I've listened to that record like the last three days. Like I've been on a kick with that record, uh, and I haven't probably listened to it in like six months. To be honest, since it's been like, a, quite a while since like last winter. Say, I uh, no, <laughs> the no, end no of last probably winter? a little bit after. But honestly, like. It bumps up. Yeah. It bumps up. You know, it, uh, once he sees a flower, he puts all of his fucking immortal. Well, that, that that becomes like thrash metal season because thrash metal makes me happy. Tearing down his posters, it makes me happy. And like, like God I said, damn it. this it's certain flower. When I get to like what I what, when I opened with this uh, statement here with Morbid Angel and whoever Emulation and stuff, the the reason I mentioned them is because they're more at times, especially like Covenant era and Emulation in general, they're more that like slowed down, like kind of. Almost depressing, fucking Dude, chunky. Blessed the sick man. That's, that's yeah, such too. a such You're a right. slow You're down, right. sludgy, disgusting, like 
you need to take a shower. It's almost like an autopsy. Right, right, kind right. Of like, the autopsy is actually another really good band. Yeah. To, that you mentioned. Uh, I forgot about them. Like Severed Survival? Oh, yeah, man. It's just that, like, I want to be in a dark room and listen to fucking shit that matches yeah. how I feel emotionally about it. And being that dark shit at four does o'clock. really make me want to take a shower after I listen to it. It's it Severed Survival. It's so it, dirty. Yeah, it should come with, like, a yeah. fucking little loofah. You know what I mean? It's like you buy the vinyl, it comes with the poster and a loofah. <laughs> Just so fucking dirty. Uh, you need a shower immediately after, but like in a good way. Yeah, absolutely. In a good way. Kevin, um, what other uh, what other well, band are we thinking of? Something <coughs> recently? There was an anniversary for a band. Uh, Dissection, Storm of the Lights, Bane, which I think we're all in agreement with. Yeah, absolutely. I think all three of us like absolutely. that record. Yeah, I mean we all love that record. And that that's like a, almost an every everyday listen, for the most part. For the most part, but it definitely uh, ramps up at this time of year. This time of year, just like those... even the Sombra Lane too. But I think Storm of the Light Bane's wins. But uh, I'm gonna I, state I like the obvious Lane though. Both. I mean, yeah, Sombra Lane's great. I, but it's it's heavy. I think it's heavier. Sombra Lane? Yeah, it, it is. It's no, heavier. it is. But I mean, I think uh, when we're talking about fall and winter transitions, I think that dissection at you know Storm of the Light Bane obviously storm aspect. Uh, even the album cover with the snow. And I was gonna say bullshit. there's fucking snow on the cover. You know, my way, probably my favorite. Album cover of all time. If yeah. not my favorite album Wait, in Storm general. Storm Band? Really? Storm yeah. Lights Band. Yeah, it's my it's awesome. Even though I got it framed, but it's cheesed up. It's 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 done well. Uh, Necro yeah. Award. I don't think, it, I don't does think it's cheesy. It's they could have been well. much more cheesy, yeah. but it's it's just done very well. It's very just you know it's, it's majestic. It's majestic. Yeah. You got the snow, the river. It's very like you said, like Lord of the Rings, growing up, magic yeah. cards. Like <laughs> it it just it strikes yeah, somewhere. Marcus laughing. <laughs> Suck my dick, Marco. And with that said, Marco's Marco thinks the heaviest song on the album is Featherspell. <laughs> no, nah, man. My favorite album's uh, b- 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 Thorn, album. Thorns. Thorns. Thorns, Thorns uh, of Crimson Death. That's it. Thorns thank you, of thank Crimson you. Death is my favorite track. Which on the album. Uh, my buddy's band, Ubilette, uh, does a great cover of, by the way. Uh, Mike Lowe, Emily Lowe, shout out to you guys. Yeah, you guys rule. Shout out. We just seen Mike Lowe not too long ago, came around with his other band in Fury. Yeah. Uh, me and Marco went out. Uh, Obscura, a bunch of other. I don't want to say other. I don't. I don't say anything about the, about the other bands. Bad about the other bands. Uh, it was Archfire. Archfire is not my thing. Not my thing. The, very te- Very technical. Very talented, but definitely not my thing. Yeah, yeah, not my thing. But yeah. but dude, Inferi, they rule. They have great energy. A bunch of great fucking guys. Absolutely, yeah. Run and uh, if if you listen to Mike's, like he said, uh, other band over the that man, they do some some cool stuff. They're more black. They're more winter. Yeah, they're Inferi. That's a very good winter. The, the shit they put out is very good, like, winter, winter-esque. But, um, what do you got? Get Thorns of Crimson Death at the Fathomless Deaths is an oh, awesome intro. my mm-hmm. God, it's but so good. Where Dead Angels Lie... Yes. Absolutely. Yes. ...is just, I don't, I, I'm always torn between Where Dead Angels Lie and uh, Crimson, Thorns of Crimson Death, because there's that, there's that middle part where it gets in the guitar, and then you're like, oh, this is fucking fast and melodic, and then all of a sudden, like, steps up, and then there's a drum transition, and it gets fucking faster and more melodic, and you're like... I just want to fucking absolutely it's like when you punch your rearview mirror and fucking flip off some fucking kids. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. just that good. It is, man, and I agree. I mean, like uh, that album to me. I mean, I'm actually probably the most recent to get into that album. I uh, are you really? Yeah, absolutely, man. I got into that album maybe five years ago. Tops. Yeah, it was it was because of the uh, the Halloween cover shows. Uh, I think that's what really sold me on it. Uh, Ralph's uh, Rock Diner. Are we allowed to show? Worcester, Mass. And Worcester. Mm-hmm. Worcester. Worcester. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, they, 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 they did um, a Halloween cover show. So me and Doug, um, at the time, we went to see Overkill and Creator together. Yes, we did. Uh, so we watched Creator and loved it. But then Overkill, we've seen like 
40,000 fucking times, it seems. You know, it's seen, we've seen him so many times. But that, I don't get sick of him. That's the thing. It was no, just because we had someone else to be. Right, right. But down the street, there was like a Halloween cover show going on. And uh, my buddy Doug's like, hey, uh, they're doing a dissection cover. And then uh, Setlist FM, I looked up the Setlist. I'm like, I'm going to stay for two more songs because I wanted to hear. I don't even know what it was. At the, we'll just say Hammerhead. I wanted to hear Hammerhead live or whatever. And uh, I'll join you over. And then I went, and these five uh, motherfuckers, I don't even know who they are. I, I know some dudes from Obsidian Tongue, I think, and then a couple other... I don't remember who the bands were, but that's the closest we'll ever get to seeing Dissection right, Live. Right, right. They, 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 they knocked it out the park. They fucking killed it. They were, yeah. like, vocally, um, guitar, like, everything was was there. And that was the closest I think we'll ever get to see. And I, I'm just glad you experienced that. I wish, yeah, Kev, and, I wish Kevin and, was there And then that. I literally downloaded their album the next day. You mean, you mean you bought it legally? No, I, I downloaded it legally, <laughs> but it's all right. But yeah, I, like John I doesn't matter. He's, um, he's but fighting I, but demons in another world. Right? <laughs> you know what? Well, I, have, I have like three versions of it now on vinyl. So I have purchased it from the, the actual band. Now. Right, the, I don't, don't, don't want to take away the glory from uh, Stormlight's band. Yeah, we could have like a whole hour. What do you think about any thoughts on I? I still appreciate the last record, Rinkios. Oh, it's good. It's a, it's, a, it's a good record. Uh, it's definitely different. It's more in the vein of uh, newer, like newer, like Swedish. Uh, yeah. But whatever. I think I think he did it better than most bands. I just wish right. he didn't have to. Dude, go I mean, Ma- Molly Kali. Maha Kali is fucking is the a balls. Fan. I wish he the fucking balls. Yeah. What have the chick singer? I would no. I just wish he didn't have to go fight dragons and I know he could have other fucking dimension. He, he he did everything he could do in this world and he had to move on, man. Yeah, to, to fight demons in another uh, world and okay. we appreciate it. No, it's a very good record. I own that on vinyl too. Uh, I, I mean I, yeah. It's just it, we it's, bought them together actually. I bought them as Sabrina back. the Teenage Witch would say in Netflix. Hail Satan. Hail Satan. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, but hey um, Hail Satan. As far as that album goes, it's melodic as fuck, yeah. but it's very choppy melodic. It's not these yeah. like long drawn out like you hear in the Somberland and Stormlight's band, they're 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 very melodic wrist, but they're chopping. I think that's kind of well, like I, you said, it's kind of more mm-hmm. a little bit modernized. Well, it came the, out what early what, uh, 2000s? It has like yeah, uh, early like uh, yes, yes. Uh, I, I I don't like to say better song structure, but it has like more um, almost mainstream song structure. It, it does uh, compared to no, the other right. albums. And, and but I you try it. being in jail, writing an album, and having to no, be... no, no, no. And I don't think that's a bad thing. <laughs> no, that's just... the other thing for a dude but the, but who is he... in prison. To not even be able to have his guitar for all uh, for, for all we know, for, to not be able to have an instrument in for all those years being in prison, and then to come out and write this record that's better than most of the shit that these artists. Dude, it's still been, better than any fucking influence I, I, thing. I would agree with that. A- anything that's put out in the past, like that, yeah. If you take a look at that, it's amazing. It's what, what he was able. He was a, he was a brilliant mind. He, he was. And it was such a waste, but yeah. it's funny with. It's one of those things. It's almost like we always talk about Whiplash, Onslaught. Like, if you compare the first two to this album, it's tough. But if you were to take it by itself and listen to it from some new band, you might love it or hate it. But it's yeah, a yeah. completely different. But knowing the past, knowing what where they came from, and you know what pisses me off? What, Doug? They had such a good fucking album covers for Somberlane the Somberlane yeah. and Somberlane's oh, band yeah, they, went, they went with Chris, just black they went with Kristen Whalen yeah, but he, Necrolord yeah. he did an amazing job on both those are probably two of my I, I might even say two don't he two of my favorite album covers uh, of all time but he then, could have done great with that album yeah it's almost yeah. like he just did it in jail on his like 
What did they call that? No, like maybe, maybe, honestly, maybe he already knew what he was doing when he maybe got Maybe he, he wanted simple, stripped down, Maybe twangy. he wanted stripped down, <laughs> but no, maybe he knew, like, I want this as much, I want this as funeral as possible. Yeah, he, like, he, he was, was a very, dark. he was a very smart guy, and... He didn't pass too long after, I mean, he got out, they wrote the record, it was only a couple... Dude, how long? I, I, I don't know. I, it was, I can't remember it, how long after he got out. They did like one out. tour, I thought. They right? did one tour. Yeah, one tour. And I remember him sitting. He had, a, he had a massive fucking. He had a massive fucking show in live DVD. Yeah. And he's like, I'm gonna go kill myself tonight. No, do you I remember that? Been, I remember yeah. we were sitting yeah. in your basement, and we watched like the interviews with John, and he yeah. was saying, and nobody took him seriously. He's like, I fought all I could in this world. It's time it's for me time to move for on. Time for me to move on. And and he's hinting towards him his suicide. Yeah. Like, very blatantly and. After Obviously, the show, we, like yeah. the day after the show or something. And then that very, very shortly thereafter, yeah, he actually Bye. killed himself. It's, it's fucking, it's just such a... Yeah. I mean, they, they've had a lot of those, I don't say... I don't know, a lot it's of the, depressing as fuck, and that's why it's awesome getting into winter. Yeah, it's, it, it's appropriate. It's very appropriate. You know what I noticed we didn't do? What we, didn't we do? We didn't talk about the show that we were just at last night. We could do that right now. <laughs> at all. We yeah, didn't yeah. even recap. That was right after our interview. Poor Doug was working last night like a real man. He was Dude. Doug was doing his uh, Doug was doing his due diligence and whatever he does, earning that paper, yeah, earning those Benjamins. Um, but so last night, Marco and I went to Club Jewel in Manchester, uh, and we we were trying to figure out what the hell this whole thing was about. Dave Elveson took a total like left turn and uh, decided he was going to do like a. Uh, one-off tour a bass story is what he called it just kind of a history of his bass playing in megadeth for 35 years yeah like thanking one, the one fans. story yeah <laughs> and it was but it was awesome that it he was thanked cool, everybody yeah. dave ellison is an awesome <laughs> like just him on stage he was like he would stop and be like hey does anybody have any questions can you, you guys ask me anything? yeah literally it just happen, yeah. nothing dead air was like does anybody have any questions for me? <laughs> the well, question, can I play any riffs? I, can I do any? I mean, how, legit. how was Ven not like? <laughs> no, you people I mean? people were wanting to, but like one guy asked about his bass picks, and he talked about his bass picks. Bass for picks like for 10, like minutes. ten minutes, yeah. And then, really? uh, yeah, 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 <laughs> like like how he uses the they they, they color code them and what, the bass uh, picks. Yeah, yeah, he like, uses like heavier, now that he's getting older, he said because he's getting old. He said it's easier for him to use heavier bass picks. On the faster stuff. On the faster faster stuff, stuff, he uses heavier bass picks. Yeah, because they don't flop around. Yeah, it's all about getting older and flopping. He did play Looking Down the Cross. Are you interested? He played Looking Down the Cross in its entirety. All right, so hold on. Okay. Explain to me like I'm a fucking total gooba. So what... what did, what did he play? It was spoken word okay. plus songs? So what yes. happened, uh, I'll tell you, uh, right from the beginning, uh, he came out, he did a little you know, uh, introduction saying, uh, I want to do this, uh, my partner, whatever, talked about his book a little bit. And I'm going to play Holy Wars in yeah. his entire so right he did Holy Wars. With uh, his five-string silver tracks. fucking... Like, was there other band members? No, no. Just him. Uh, it was just him playing bass. No, 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 but listen, listen. Okay, it, sorry. So... So they did, he did Holy Wars, talked a little bit. Doug did, has uh, a massive bone right now. What was the second song they did? Was uh, Looking Down the Cross, Looking right? Looking Down the Cross. He's like, I'm going to go old school because he's like, we didn't play here in the early 80s, like 84. Or 85, He's like, whatever, but I wanted yeah. to just, I'm going to go old school and play this. So he played Looking Down the Cross. Well, no, no, it was because the club owner, club owner demanded it. He's like, yeah. can you play this? Demanded it. Well, whatever. He asked for it. But whatever. that's awesome. That means that there's going to be more awesome metal at Club Jewel, which is good for us. Yeah, like which locally. they, they, they yeah. always had. For a club I mean, owner to say, I want to hear fucking Looking Down the Cross, yeah. I'm happy. I'm ready. So, and then they went into La Crescia. 
which was or normal movie. people we call it Lucretia. <laughs> Lucretia. What, what the fuck ever? No, he, he's Portuguese. He's got the Lucretia. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> but uh, and then uh, what happened was he talked a little bit more, and then he brought out uh, some dudes from Dead by Wednesday, which was the second band on. Signed okay. to his signed to his label on yes. combat. So going back one second, real quick. So yeah. he just played bass, he and he told little stories in between. Yeah. But I mean, for the first two songs, he just played no, he just bass. Played no bass. vocals, no drums, no. No, no, no. It was no, all back and tracks. Yeah, all back and tracks. Yeah. Track. So okay. Dave's voice was on it. Everything was there. Everything he was just there. played bass with it. So what they did was they removed his, his bass, bass yeah. and he played it live. Okay, all right. They, I, I was just I'm, I'm still I was still trying to figure out. No, I will point this out. This is funny, but. Uh, the drummer of Firstborn kept like reaching over to me. He was half in the bag, which was hilarious. He kept reaching over, he had a scarf and, on, and he by kept the way. coming over to me, and, <laughs> and he kept saying to me, "He's like, hey, his bass is out of tune." And I'm like, oh, and I'm like, what are you talking about, Joe? What are you talking? I'm like, ah, he's drunk, he's drinking. He was right, because Dave, after two songs, finally was like, oh, I got, and he, he was too, he kept tuning his bass a little as he was playing. I'm like, holy shit, <laughs> the dude, the motherfucker actually caught that by he ear, and it, you didn't hear it, you couldn't hear it. He was like, his bass is out of tune. I'm like, no way. He actually, two songs in, that's, finally like, that's impressive. See, I'm, I'm yeah. toned deaf as fuck. No, that was, shit. You, you're talking well, about with bass, bass especially. Bass yeah. is different. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bass is like, yeah, I mean that, you're talking about DBs, like, he picked up, I don't know how on his Douchebags. Yeah, he picked up on douchebags. <laughs> douche well, yeah. Joe, we love you. We know you, we love you, man. We pick on you, but seriously, uh, he picked up on that. He was like, holy fuck, like, I'm like, he did, because he ended up actually having to tune his strings during two songs, and he ended up changing that up. So, yeah, from there, uh, he ended up bringing out uh, the drummer of Dead by Wednesday and the guitar player of Death, Dead by Wednesday, which had a necrophobic shirt on, by the Ooh, way. Which yeah. one? But the, the, the guitar player of Dead by Wednesday, but yeah, they do not yeah. they like that. No, no, I'm saying what necro... I have no fucking <laughs> you idea. You would not... You but I just saw the symbol. Uh, or whatever, Dead, the right by Wednesday, Dead by Wednesday... Dead by Wednesday would be not thing. have yeah, it been be a thing. your... No, I, I think I've heard them before. Yeah, yeah. The, the name sounds very... They have, like, like like they're weird. They mix up a lot of style. A lot of metalcore. Metalcore. They almost sound classic at times. They do some weird shit, Limp Biscuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have some... Who's recording a new album? What fucking year is it? Seven Dust. Yeah, whatever. They got a lot of... Yeah, they're doing their thing. They're signed. They're doing. They're trying to do the thing. So, so good for them. They ended up doing a medley that featured. Uh, what was the first? Do you remember the first song they did? I know it went in like a first song, then into Go to Hell. They did the beginning of Go to Hell. Oh, oh, we forgot to mention too. Yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. had they had uh, one of the. I mean, he's a virtuoso. Bumblefoot did his own set too. Bumblefoot was in Guns and Roses. We were getting to that, but it's all right. No, yeah, that's important. You needed to know who's playing guitar. People are like, well, who the fuck played guitar? Way to fucking pre premature ejaculate Bumblefoot. Bumblefoot. Right? Oh, okay. okay. So, so what Kevin's saying is he did open. Bumblefoot did a, a 20, minute, 20 minute set or so. Of some weird some shit. Some weird shit. Some cool shit. <laughs> All over the fucking. Uh, I yelled out he didn't join, But he ended up. And luckily, he ended up using his actual. Because he, he played a two neck guitar like Jimmy Page does. In the top one, and I, it was funny. I yelled out, Freebird! He was like, anybody want to hear anything specific? And I was like, everybody yells that. All right. So I'm like, Freebird! And all of the guitar people that were jacking off in front of him turned to me. And they were like, <laughs> with a disgusted look. Disgusted. Like, they looked at me. They were like... And then all of a sudden, he was like... And he did it for like pretty much, I don't know, five minutes. He actually played Freebird. Something like that. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I missed a lot of that, but um, Marco yeah. was in the back eating chimichangas with my so, wife. So, so he did say, "I." Did, Lola went. 
Yeah. Yeah, okay. she was there. She was bored, as usual. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, was bored. she didn't yeah. fall asleep this time, though. She made it through. Yeah. Plus. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so Bumblefoot did play a set, uh, but that was beforehand. And uh, so uh, they did an instrumental, which had, like, uh, Go to Hell, The Conjuring. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, Black Friday. I think Black was Friday. In it. A little bit of Black Friday. Anyway, it was like four or five Megadeth songs they did. And then uh, Bumblefoot came back on. They brought singers out and stuff. And uh, they did Symphony of Destruction. Mm-hmm. Black Sabbath Paranoid. Iron Maiden the Trooper, which was done with Ian. Ian from Firstborn. Actually, Born. Paranoid and. Yeah. Ian did both. So Ian from yeah. uh, Firstborn, he was on both of those songs. Yeah, he did. Uh, hey, since you guys are fucking Megadeth buffs, what is... What do they say at the end of Paranoid? Not Nick, 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 Nick. And then what's at the very end? Doug sucks dick. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Fuck me running. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, know that. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. But I know the Nick. That Nick, Nick, Nick. That's what you had said. You're like, I hope they. I wish they did the Nick, Nick. Just a tribute. Just a tribute to Nick. I can't yeah. listen to even the Sabbath version without saying Nick, 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 Nick. Yeah. Nick. You know, but, was, uh, Ian. Ian had said after that we were in the crowd and um, after the. Sh- the show it was funny because you know ian was going dude i can't believe i was just on stage you know he's he's singing those songs out to us in the crowd and he's like i can't believe i look over to my uh my stage i think oh i'm gonna fuck up stage left stage right but anyway whatever he looks over to the left which would be stage right i guess and he's like Fucking Dave Ellefson is standing right next to me playing bass. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a cool con, you know. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And then man. he's, he's like, and sli- I look right, stage left, and he's like, and fucking Bumblefoot, yeah, is playing right. That's pretty. And then cool. Ven goes, dude, but your vocals were too echoey. <laughs> like, <laughs> totally right. And he did too. I was right there when he said. I'm like, and, and I'm that's looking. I'm like, like, Ven is probably my favorite <laughs> yes. person on the earth. I'm just out there. <laughs> I actually thought he pulled off the trooper. Like, like Paranoid was good. But the trooper, I thought he actually did a really fucking good I job. I think with Ben pulled off Steve Harris's fucking pants. Uh, yeah, <laughs> better than 80s, Steve Harris. Yeah. His eighties pants, the striped. If, if people could imagine did, what he wore in the eighties. I, I know everybody listening is wondering the same thing I am. Did Dave Ellison play slap bass with his dick? No, he did not, <laughs> not he even did one not. song. He actually looked like he was from New England because he had like on this like uh, this Boston, no, hand. this Boston Red Sox looking shirt. <laughs> Yeah, his hair, it looked like he just rolled out of bed from his hotel room. But he did tell us, he's like, I haven't been to New England in a long time, and I don't like to come out here with the snow. And he's like, fucking, there's snow out. He's like, I had to shovel my shit out of the, I had to shovel myself out of the driveway of the hotel and blah, blah, blah. It was, he was great. He was so personable. He, he's always seemed very, like, yeah, I never, I would love, that's wait. why we wanted to sit down with him, man. Was, was he on Cryptic Writings? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he was on every Megadeth record. Okay. He, uh, they, he did leave Megadeth for a while, but he was on every Megadeth. He record. was. Yeah. I, I just remember. Uh, he was not on. Are you sure? United Abominations. Are you positive? I'm calling you out on that. Yeah. Positive. Fake news. James Lomenzo from White Lion. Look yeah. that shit up. James, really? James Lomenzo I know he didn't leave the band, but I thought he was on every record. James Lomenzo from White Lion did the entire United Abominations album. I'll take your word on it. Because James Lomenzo I know that also was said. The same time. Hold on, Metal Sponge is. I'm, I'm, my, I'm calculating. I'm calculating. James Lomenzo also said that he didn't believe in uh, Dave Ellison's picking method. He didn't think he needed it because James Lomenzo plays finger bass, mm. thinks it's superior, yada yada. He comes into this band. He's like, "Yeah, I don't need to do that. I can play all these riffs with my fingers." And guess what? James Lomenzo did. He switched to pick 
bass playing for most of Megadeth because he's like, I can't fucking play these songs with my fingers. Mm. I have to use a pick. Dave Ellison also switches it up. He's versatile. There's some, uh, what is it, Five Magic? Yeah, that's all dick. That's all dick. No, that's not dick. That's, <laughs> that's finger picking. Yeah. But he switches. There's a Dave Ellison knows how to actually, he's a progressive player, like Marco was saying. Marco's like, dude, that motherfucker is not just a metal bass player. He knows no, how to. No, man. If you go back to like. He can switch. He can right. do finger bass. He can play pick bass, but he prefers pick bass for the style of music. And right, 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 right. He but can do both. James yeah. Lomenzo joined. He was like, nope, I'm doing all finger bass playing. No, you're not. And he figured it out. He goes, yeah, I can't do this shit. I mean, I'll just okay. say one thing about Ellison. Like, if you go back to like his earliest stuff like uh I, and i'm talking like might be fake news but I believe no 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 <laughs> wow the peace cells <laughs> i mean i really just stretched if that's fake no i know i was reading i did that was articles from years uh, ago so right, we, we will did, did you mention it you didn't right. talk to i'm oh, sorry huh? margo go ahead no, 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 just peace cells and stuff. If you listen to the way he plays the bass, it's just like jazzy. It's Yo, fuck yes. Yeah, I mean, yes. With, and then like you, yes. you go to like Gar, the drummer back then, it was just so like different at the time, and and that's why I think like Megadeth holds true to me as like the like the greatest to me to me and uh, to Kevin actually. I agree. The greatest thrash band of all time, uh, especially like the first four to five records man. or whatever. They do man, jazzy. They did. Metal, they did blues, shit so different. Everything and, they and incorporated it was awesome. so many fucking elements of different music, not just like punk thrash. They were they had everything. It's like jazz, punk, By thrash, and love child. They did right. They right. That's, the, that's the thing. There's there's just so many different things infused. Uh, and Mustaine wrote them all. <laughs> so in Mustaine we trust. In Mustaine we trust. Yeah, yeah. I, in my I, sword I trust. I. I, I have a Megadeth story, but I know we're running low on time. We'll save that maybe for the end of the... No, say it. Go ahead, dude. Well, no, that's why I was asking if um Dave... Not Dave. Uh, yeah, Dave Ellison was on... Junior Cryptic or writings. Dave Mustaine? That's because I know Dave Mustaine calls Dave Ellison Junior. Is that true? Yeah, it's true. Oh, that's cute. I think they yeah. bone. He's younger. He calls him Junior. Yeah. So, uh, I, I remember years ago at Tower Records, we went with a couple friends, and we were going to get our cryptic writing shit signed. Yeah. There was supposed to be a Tower Records for four hours... We went through the line. They're like everyone was like, "You get one item to sign. You be keep it brief and you fucking move." And we're like, "Okay, cool." It's probably that prick with the dreadlocks. Dude, it could have been. Yeah. Yeah, it could have been. Everybody, we got kicked out of the back room last night. Been trying to do the interview yeah. in the back room. Really? Lame. Yeah. yeah. But so we we went through everybody in line that waited in the fucking cold winter day. Went through in about forty five minutes instead of four hours. They were they're supposed to be for four hours signing. So we ended up going through a second time, and I remember getting a beanie signed, I remember getting like my album cover signed, and th- th- everyone was just super cool, and, and Dave, I remember our friend Vinny growing up, Yes. he, he thought it'd be funny the second time through, he's like, hey Dave, can you sign this for me? And he fucking drops his pants. <laughs> he's like, well you saw my ass, and he drops his pants. I just and, saw your ass. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, he didn't have to. He literally dropped his pants while well, You can't see what's that. happening, but Doug just dropped his fucking pants blemish, to recreate. Blemish free since, since 2003. That, yeah. Look, I don't like big bushes. I'm just not against, like, nice, well-trimmed bushes. All right, well, yeah. 